Bill Michael Show on this Thursday edition as we creep into the Memorial Day weekend underway. Glad to have you. Um, phone lines open, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Coming up, uh, I do want to get into the rankings of head coaches in the National Football League and where Matt LaFleur falls in all of this, and along with the rest of the National or the, uh, the National League, the, uh, the NFC North. So I want to get into all of that as well. Hey, we know that uh, summer's about upon us. The unofficial start to summer coming up this weekend. It's only going to get warmer all throughout the weekend going into next week. And they're talking 80s all next week. I can't wait to get out on the water and a great place to do it. I was just up uh, two days ago up and saw Kathy and the gang in the service department at Skipper Buds. They're getting my boat ready. I can't wait to get it back, drop it in the water, run it more than a few times before we get away for summer and the vacation. But uh, whether it's out on the water, whether it's on Lake Michigan, some of the inland lakes, doesn't matter. Can't wait to get on the water. If you want to go to Skipper Buds, go to skipperbuds.com. That's skipperbuds.com or the one in Pewaukee. That's boat sales, service, storage. They've got it all. 262-544-1200. Todd is the GM out there. Walk in and talk to Todd. Say, Todd, looking for a boat, looking for a new, looking for used. What can you give me for mine? I got a trade in, whatever. All different types out there, whether it's Mastercraft, Taiga, Smokercraft, you name it, they've got it. Whether it's bass boats, fishing boats, uh, cruisers, yachts, pontoons, you name it. They have boats of all types out there. Skipper Buds in Pewaukee. Again, 262-544-1200. Um, so if you had to take a guess, if you had to take a guess, where would Matt LaFleur fall or land, if you will, in the, uh, you know, the, you know, somewhat biased coaches rankings. Ross Tucker, our guy that we get a chance to talk to on the 33rdteam.com, uh, he uh, started to sit down and rank all of this stuff. He said it's also hard to compare coaches who have vastly different rosters to this point. You know, Bill's coach, Sean McDermott, has a much better winning percentage than, say, Falcons coach Arthur Smith, but the talent they've had to work with across the board, and especially quarterbacks, not even in the same stratosphere, which I completely agree with. So he said, in the end, try to account for what each coach has done with with what they've been given for as long as they've been doing it. That's really all you can do. Okay? So take it into account the talent you've had, what you've done with it, as opposed to just a winning head coach, even though a winning head coach obviously would rank high. Here we go. Number one, it's not Bill Belichick. It's Andy Reid. He's been successful more than 20 years, a couple of different franchises. He's been solid, and uh, and we all know he's the, the reigning Super Bowl champ. Belichick comes in at number two. Um, Mike Tomlin at number three. Yes, the Steelers fans, they want more recent postseason success, but 16 seasons without a losing record is impressive, especially when you talk over the last couple of years the way they've done it, and he's right. This one I I have an issue with, Sean Payton. He said, I give coaches that have success with multiple organizations and or multiple quarterbacks a huge boost over those who haven't. So Payton's tenure now with the Denver Broncos is going to prove significant, significant for his coaching legacy. Um, I don't agree with that. I think Sean Payton should be lower on the list. He has not won a Super or He did win one Super Bowl. Uh, he has not, not had continued success. He has had some injuries and such, but he also had some issues down in New Orleans. We all know that. Uh, but he has not had sustained success the way others have had. But they give it to him. Nick Sirianni behind that. Ben, do you agree with Nick Sirianni being uh, being fifth? 
Not really, honestly. I, I you think it's high, too high or too low? Too high. I've always leaned towards longevity. For instance, a, a Mike Tomlin, who who is up there, but guys like that that maybe haven't won as much recently, like last year, but have shown mm-hmm. it throughout their careers and have stuck around. So many coaches have made it to a Super Bowl and yeah. then not followed it up. So I'm a little more skeptical. of. I, I need to be proven right over a couple right. years span instead of just put them up there and say, prove me wrong. Uh, coming in at number six, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers. Yeah, there's no um, way he should be below Sirianni. No way. Right. Sean McVay of the Rams. Um, not a huge fan of that particular pick at number seven. Uh, it says Brian Dable of the Giants. Now, come on. He had one year. One year. That's it. One year. And got a win over the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. That was impressive. But one year. I mean, no. Uh, Pete Carroll. Uh, the resurgence of Geno Smith and such after they went ahead and said, you know what, we'll go ahead and get rid of Russell Wilson. Sure, no problem. We'll continue. And they did. And I can't stand him, but uh, give him success. I would agree with that. Doug Peterson of Jacksonville, with what he did with two different franchises, winning a Super Bowl and turning around a dumpster fire after Urban Meyer left, absolutely Doug Peterson deserves to be there. John Harbaugh, Zach Taylor at number 12. I, I don't necessarily agree with Zach Taylor. As a matter of fact, as a head coach, he's got a losing record. So, I mean, they get Joe Burrow, and certainly things have turned around. But if you talk to people in Cincinnati, a lot of times, even though he's a very motivational guy, uh, sometimes when it comes to the X's and O's, people seem to think that they've won in spite of Zach Taylor. There's Mike Vrabel at Tennessee, Mike McDaniel of the Miami Dolphins. Again, 9-8 and eight with Tua, not a fan of him being that high. Kevin O'Connell, the Minnesota Vikings, number 15. And you're talking about a guy like Matt LaFleur who is – who's you know been with this team four years, has been to a couple of NFC Championship games. Last year was a failure, but you kind of look at the circumstances that you've been dealing with, 47-19. Dan Campbell comes in higher than Matt LaFleur. So it's Kevin O'Connell at 15, Dan Campbell at 16, Matt LaFleur at 17. The winning percentage impressive, and when he had the NFL's MVP, they won a lot of regular season games but faltered in the playoffs. When his quarterback wasn't playing at an MVP level, they had a losing season and didn't even make the postseason. The Jordan Love era is going to be the uh, tail of the tape for LaFleur. Now, I can look at two different things. I can say, one, the defense played terribly uh, early on in the season. Rodgers with the broken fingers or broken thumbs still wanting to play. You can talk about that. You can talk about maybe, uh, like I had mentioned earlier, facing adversity after turnovers and such in which the play calling and the team became stale and or hesitant, whether that's Rodgers or LaFleur, we don't know. But also, don't forget, he took over a team from Mike McCarthy that looked awful and the very next year they're in the nfc championship game so i don't know how you put him any lower arthur uh, arthur smith of atlanta ron rivera at 19 and then it kind of mike mccarthy at 21 sean mcdermott of the buffalo bills at 22 um goes down from there robert sala of the new york jets at 25 uh matt eberflus of the chicago bears at 28 josh mcdaniels of the raiders 29 uh D'Amico ryan's uh, at 31, Jonathan Gannon of the Arizona Cardinals doesn't have a coaching record. So there you go. So that's kind of the way things shake out. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Sean listening to us in Nina. Sean, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Oh, Sean dropped, dropped off. off. Sean. That's my bad. Ah. Ah. Hand up. Phone lines wide open. Want to hear from you. Again, phone lines are wide open, so give us a shout. 
877-867-1670. Daniel says uh, that is a little bit low for Matt LaFleur for what he's been able to accomplish in such a short period of time with the Green Bay Packers. He's had a lot of success, the postseason success. While it hasn't brought a championship, he did get to a couple of NFC championship games. You have to give him credit for that. Why are they not? Again, I, I don't. I think what they're looking at is it's part of the curse of having a terrific quarterback. You know, here's the thing. You're a bad coach until you get the good quarterback, and then suddenly the good quarterback starts to win. Therefore, you're a good win, winning coach because you know how to win because you've got a great quarterback. So what comes first, chicken or the egg? You have to have a good quarterback, okay? So if that's the case, then why would Zach Taylor be higher than Matt LaFleur? Zach Taylor's been to a Super Bowl, but he wasn't anything until Joe Burrow took over. As a matter of fact, he's got a losing record. You see what I'm saying? So I understand the thought process getting from point A to point B, but I think there's a lot of area there where it's subjective to the opinion of to what specifically you're going to base it upon. You look at guys like Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick and and Andy Reid, and they've had sustained success. Okay, they've turned chicken salad into chicken stuff and vice versa many times. Okay, they've been there. They've gone been through the trials and tribulations. The most amazing thing, I think, is the fact that the way that Pittsburgh Steelers team rallied last year and they ended up winning and again, not a losing season out of their head coach. He just has the ability to be an X's and O's guy and motivate and get the best out of people. Now, he, he remind, Dan Campbell kind of reminds me of Mike Tomlin in that no-nonsense, rough-and-tumble, let's-go-kick-ass type of mentality, I, which I love. Some look at Dan Campbell as kind of this guy stumbling through life as a head coach. Others will say, doesn't matter as long as he's got the ability to motivate his guys because that's 90% of the job, and for the most part, you're right. Football tends to rely a little bit more on the X's and O's than just getting a guy to run through a wall, but considered it's an energy, physical sport, mono and mono, there's a lot that's, that can be said about the ability to motivate your players. 877-867-1670. And that doesn't necessarily start on game day. That starts now. The, your mentality of your team... The, the the mental makeup of your team starts now in OTAs in the way you're going to conduct yourselves both on and off the field type of thing. So 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to, uh, want to hit us up, feel free, because I'd love to get your thoughts on all of this. Um, what else do we have here? Let's see here. Um, oh, by the way, Jason says the same applied to McCarthy, uh, the, quote, winningest coach in Packers history. True. I Mike McCarthy, it depends on what you think of McCarthy. Did he win in spite of or because of? I think it was a little bit of both. Um, took over a program that was had kind of lost its way. You know, Mike Sherman... Um, had some success, offensively had some respect, got the GM job. It Seemingly it became overwhelming, lost some of that respect, and then just it, the, the team began to phase itself out from him as a head coach. And then in came McCarthy, wrapped his arms around it. Very much the Pittsburgh blue-collar, bar back, my dad owned a bar kind of guy 
that a lot of that really jive with what you know Favre was doing and the way he kind of looked at life. Gave him a little more guidance. Mike had a little more control like Holmgren did. And then, obviously, the transition took place. Uh, Ted was stern. Ted very much backed Mike, and Mike very much backed Ted. You kind of knew where the leadership was uh, to ultimately to change over. Again, Rogers, a ton of respect for Mike, listened to Mike, uh, went through the tutelage, uh, but worked his ass off to get to where he was and wanted to break away from the I'm Mike McCarthy's protege type of thing and did it. And then when, you know, Mike left and and it was time to step out of that Mike McCarthy shadow, Rogers then excelled under Matt LaFleur, and Matt LaFleur had to take over a very and touchy situation. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Mike had success until he didn't. LaFleur's had success until he doesn't. So I, I can I can kind of go along with that in both cases. I can go along with that. Um. Uh, this is exactly what I've been saying to a uh, percentage of the fan base. Aaron Rodgers won all of the games to get us to the championship game, and Matt LaFleur lost the playoffs. Um, Matt LaFleur didn't fumble the football. Matt LaFleur didn't miss tackles. Matt LaFleur wasn't calling the defensive plays when Mostert ran wild. I can't go along with that. Matt LaFleur did kick the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down. Matt LaFleur's play calling did change, and the refusal to put in the guys that got you there and go back to what was working prior to the playoff game a couple of years ago. And when you faced adversity, everybody seemed to tighten up. That was from the head coach down. But I think it was there's kind of a, a, a two-way street there. I'm not going to lay it all at his feet. Rodgers made some bad throws. Players made some bad plays. The big kickoff return, all of that. I think it all goes hand in hand. Pack fan, I agree. Uh, the, the the thought to kick the field goal rather than go for it on fourth down, absolutely one of the worst decisions. I've I still to this day cannot fathom what was going through his head. I I get all of that. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Great discussion going on both uh, on the live stream and via email and such. So uh, hit us up. If you got something going on, give it to us. We'd love to hear from you, 877-867-1670. Find us, 877-867-1670. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, if, if you're looking for something to do this summer and you want to maybe go to an Irish pub, an authentic Irish pub, Irish Cultural Heritage Center, they do have one in the back. However, if you're looking for a wedding space, a meeting space, concerts coming up in the fall, whatever it may be, the ICHC, they got you covered. 30-plus years. 30-plus years they've been doing it. West Wisconsin Avenue, downtown Milwaukee, just west of the Marquette campus. Corey's a great guy. He's kind of restored this place, kind of restored the luster, restored the enthusiasm into that nonprofit. Again, ICHC.net. If you're looking for a wedding uh, space, if you're looking for a meeting space, whatever, go to ICHC.net or check out Corey, 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. That's the ICHC Irish Cultural Heritage Center. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. 
Good to have you. Hey, there's a new place called Northern Lights Event Venue, and it's uh, right there on the Riverwalk in downtown Milwaukee, right next to the Screaming Tuna, if you know where that's at. And uh, it's open to the public every Wednesday starting in June. You can come out and relax in the patio with great riverfront views, craft cocktails, drink specials, and they're going to have live music. And a lot of top local musicians are going to be there. But it's kind of an intimate venue, really unique. They've got an upper lounge, a lower lounge, a private balcony, ultra, as they say, modern amenities. It's beautiful. I, I just, I never knew it was there. I went down there the other day and... Uh, and Bob got a hold of me and said, hey, can you come over and take a look at my place? And we want to be a big supporter of yours for Fisher House and uh, meeting space and such. And uh, so if you're looking for a, a place, say, for a bachelor party, a small wedding, about 100 people, um, or just they've got a great an unbelievable photo studio upstairs, if you want private photo studio sessions and such, uh, if you want to do that, you can book that, whether it's for wedding photos or anything else for that matter. Uh, northernlightseventvenue.com, northernlightseventvenue.com. But the patio opens at 4.30 during the week. Music begins at 6 uh, and 6.30. No reservations, but uh, the space is limited, so get there and enjoy yourself. But it's a great destination. Again, northernlightseventvenue.com. That's northernlightseventvenue.com. Beautiful place that I never knew existed. It was a great thing when they called up and said, hey, we want to be a big supporter of your motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. I said, bring it on, man. The more help we can get, the better. And uh, this is a new venue and a new venture in Milwaukee, little little small place. So, hell, yeah, If it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. So thanks so much to, to Bob and his staff for coming on board. But Northern Lights Event Venue. Dot com. That's northernlightseventvenue.com. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, feel free. You do have some people that are over there on hold. Uh, let's do this. Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's go to Bobby listening to us in Madison. Bobby, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Good. How are you doing, Bill? Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, Good to I have a question, you. A couple of questions for you, actually. Uh, sure. What is your thoughts on uh, Jordan Love's completion percentage? And then the other question is, is uh, what would happen if Jordan Love goes down in the preseason? Uh, is Sean Clifford going to be the backup? Or who is the backup? No. And if not, are they going <laughs> to actually go and get a veteran to take that place? Oh, man. Well, they, appreciate the phone call. Okay, here's a couple of things. First of all, um, there would be Sean Clifford and Danny Etling. Danny Etling's obviously uh, been in the system before, so those are the two backup quarterbacks. Um, let's start off with if Jordan Love goes down in the preseason, then I don't want to say all is lost because you've got about as much experience back there with quarterbacks uh, as Jordan Love. I just don't know what the talent level is, Jordan Love, compared to the others. Um, you would assume if he would go down that they would start looking for a veteran to come in and fill the bill in the meantime because you don't want to just basically waste everybody and the work that you've done via salary cap. But, I, man, I don't even want to think about the gloom and doom. <laughs> Do they have a backup plan? Yes. But is it viable? Probably not. Um, so let's talk about the completion percentage. I um, – well, that's a great question. I had said – as we started to make judgments on Jordan Love, I don't necessarily need to see the the touchdowns and interceptions can be a result of great quarterback play or can be a result of great wide receivers or key blocks downfield and such. Okay, So it is a great statistic that we love to use to judge quarterbacks by, but it's not always the most fair 
if that makes sense, because of the skewing of the numbers. I mean, you can have a, a, a quick two-yard out to Aaron Jones out of the backfield. He goes 27 yards for a touchdown. And, but that, you know, all of a sudden that's a touchdown pass for, for Jordan Love. I think we look at completion percentage first and say, okay, are you putting the ball in position to be successful by many? You look at a guy like Geno Smith. Geno Smith last year was damn near 70%. Same thing with Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert was 68%, you know. Um, I would be happy with around 65 I think that's a fair area. That's a Ryan Tannehill area. That's a Kirk Cousins area. That's a Trevor Lawrence area. That's an Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was a 64.6 last year. That's an Aaron Rodgers area. So in that realm, completion percentage, mid-60s. Mid-60s would be would be awesome. Okay? Um, now you can obviously look at yards per completion, on average, you know, is it four yards, three yards, or six or seven or eight yards per completion? You know, you can look at things like that and maybe see if you're getting your guy not only catching the football but into a window to have additional success via yardage, you know. Um, quarterback rating is a good rating. QBR is a good rating. You know, you'd certainly like to be uh, – look at a guy like, say, I'm trying to think of somebody that was relatively average last year. Like, okay, Daniel Jones. He was 67% completion percentage, but it was 92.5 quarterback rating, you know. Um, He had Daniel Jones last year, had 15 touchdowns and five interceptions, predominantly run-oriented offense. So if, if, say, Jordan Love gives you 25 touchdowns and 11 picks, I I think that's not a bad ballpark to be in with, say, a 65% completion percentage, mid-90, 92, 93, 94 uh, quarterback rating QBR. It's not a bad way to go. Yardage, yardage is, yeah, you're moving the sticks and you're up and down the field and you're sustaining drives. Um, but I don't need it. You know, I mean, if he's thrown for 5,000 yards, why? Say, say he throws for 4,200 yards. Well, is he throwing for 4,200 yards because he's just he's, – he's the most prolific passer we never thought we would see? Or is it because they're getting their ass handed to him and it's nothing but catch-up in the second half of ball games? You know what I mean? So I think the completion percentage is probably a better uh, judgment. Completion percentage, uh, quarterback rating, QBR, all that kind of stuff, uh, is probably a better judgment uh, of a quarterback and how he does. And I hope that makes sense. Uh, let's go to Tim listening to us in Sparta. Tim, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Long time, Bill. Um, I apologize. I haven't been able to listen lately uh, to your, your casting. And I understand Ben Kenny is leaving? Ben is leaving us. Uh, tomorrow's his last day. He is going off to uh, Philadelphia to fulfill a lifelong dream of working for WIP. Well, I, I got to tell you, Bill, um, as long as I've listened to you, Ben has been the rock upon which this uh, this ship has been anchored, and I will miss him. Uh, yeah, we will terrible. too. Thank you, Tim. Yep. I appreciate it. Um, good luck out there in Philadelphia with whatever you're doing, Ben. Um, 
You know, and, and don't be a stranger. You know, we, we do like you around here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, here's the Mushy thing. Mushy contrary belief. Yes. I will. Yeah. I'll, I'll chime in if the opinions I'm giving now turn out to be true. If they don't turn out to be true, you might never hear from me. <laughs> well, good good luck out there. Um, I you. wish you nothing but the best. Um, as far as the football is concerned, uh, the defensive coordinator whose name never crosses my lips without spitting, uh, I think is going to have more to do with how the Packers do this coming season than anybody else. Um, Love can be an average quarterback. The offense can be an average quarterback. But if the defensive coordinator uh, is still the idiot that he is, with all that talent, uh, I think we're just hosed. I, I just and I, you know I, I like Lafleur that he's um, loyal, but there's a point where loyalty and stupidity um, become equal. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, I would I also I, I, I would also look at it as uh, the loyalty and stupidity. Uh, that will be axed and come to an end once uh, we see what the end of this season holds when it comes defensively speaking, uh, because the loyalty and stupidity could lead to unemployment if indeed you want to hang on like grim death to the boat anchor that could be Joe Barry. And, and I think that, that it, it goes for both of them. Um, you know, if, if he's going to watch this defense, which has all the talent in the world on it, but is not used properly, you know, barring injury, uh, I think LaFleur has got to go as well. Because if you can't recognize that having your corners play off 10 yards on third down and three, you, you're, not a, you're not a head coach that I want to have. Right. So I would agree with that. You have, a, you have a great rest of your day, Bill. Ben, best of luck. Uh, hope to hear uh, you over the airwaves. Thank Bye-bye. you, Tim. Good stuff. There you go. That's our buddy Tim in Sparta listening to the program. Certainly appreciate him listening to us as well as you. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Cedarburg, Wisconsin, as a matter of fact, for many, many years, since 1914. Go to Kemps.com, K-E-M-P-S, Kemps.com. And if you are looking for a good company to work for, uh, they are hiring right now CDL drivers, production, and cooler employees as well, maintenance technicians. Hourly pay starts at $23 an hour, plus, 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 plus. They've got hiring sign-on bonuses being offered for uh, some of the uh, different positions that they have available. And they are right now taking resumes and interest in you and interviewing. So 
If you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a career, if you're looking for a new career, new company to work for, that is Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That's Kemp's.com. Click on the careers page at the bottom of the page when you get there. And uh, who knows? You could be uh, you could be over there newly employed, making some good gauge over there at Kemp's.com. K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Um, Jason says, when you leave, Ben, can you give weekly updates to the Packers fans on how much the media is ripping Rodgers on the East Coast? You could probably do that, right? You could do that. I can do that. I mean, I might be turning on New York radio as much as everybody here should if it goes poorly. That's the thing. If it goes well, I'm not giving it one ounce of my time. If it goes poorly, it'll be entertaining. The level of extremes we are about to witness... I think as much as I ripped that punch-you-in-the-face media contingent of wusses out there on the East Coast today, uh, if it goes bad and they do start the season at 2-4, and four, oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine what the, uh, what the narrative will be in New York, whether or not the whole discussion will be then, whether or not to play Rodgers much longer? as to not to lose that first-round draft choice to the Green Bay, to the lowly Green Bay Packers. I still, I, I still, the comment today was, you know, this is what it's like to be in a, an organization, uh, this kind of an organization, an organization that wants you. I'm like, what? They paid him $150 million. What, what the hell, what are you supposed to do? Short of hiring a Swedish assistant to scrub you in areas you've never been scrubbed before. Come on. Just was stunned. 877-867-1670 if you want to find us. That's the way. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Tony listening in Sussex. Tony, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Tony. Tony gone. Tony gone. Either that or he's not listening. One of the two. Maybe he's at a drive-thru getting his latte or something this time of day. Tony, call us back. Uh, this is uh, this is from Random Dave. Random Dave says, the New York media doesn't have anything better to do right now than to kiss his ass. The New York Yankees, while playing better baseball, don't have the Aaron Judge story to follow. Anything negative that's fallen upon them has been met with resistance. Aaron Rodgers will be the same. They will defend him until they can't any longer. The New York media has to right now polish him. And I'm not going to read what he wrote because made me made me laugh. But it has to polish him is part of the terminology. Uh, it is a great honeymoon period. But as soon as the bloom comes off the rose, he will find out what it's like to live in New York. Um, well, yeah, because they, uh, basketball wise, not doing anything hockey wise, not doing anything turmoil with the Mets. The Yankees started off bad. The Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Rays were beating hell out of everybody. Now there has been a little bit of a resurgence with the New York Yankees, but they're still not in the top spot. Uh, Dable and company for the Giants, they're expected to be, you know, again, vying for the top spot if they can uh, in the NFC, in the NFC East. But in the AFC East, right now, all the all the polish and sparkle is on the crown of the king that has walked through the door of the Big Apple, sat courtside at numerous games with his posse of players. 
So all is right right now. The biggest thing going on in New York is the massaging of one's calf muscle through Aaron Rodgers. That's it. So we'll see. No way in hell am I rubbing down my relative. (laughs) Was that something you caught me saying in my sleep when I was drunk one night? No. It was was some story. Something about, it was something about massages. Okay. Just checking. (laughs) I forget how the relatives played in. Okay. No, hey, I'm, I'm, hey, if it came out of my pie hole, I'm, I'm sure I was speaking of weirdness somewhere. So I get it. December 23rd, 2022. So maybe you were a bit, uh, December 23rd. Think about it. It's right around Christmas time. Oh my God. What a, what a, what a time of year. Weird stuff flows out of my head. I don't know why. Then again, it flows out of my head all the time. Ah, uh, who's, who do we got here? This one, uh, Who's this from? This is from Kim. Kim says, uh, not a fan of where Matt LaFleur is ranked via the 33rd team. Why does Ross Tucker hate Matt LaFleur? He hates Aaron Rodgers and hates the Green Bay Packers. I've listened to him talk about the Packers and screwing this up with Rodgers. No, we've had Ross Tucker on the, these airwaves. We we had Ross, Ross Tucker doesn't hate the Packers. Matter of fact, he really likes the Packers. His wife is from Wisconsin. He's played against the Packers in an NFC Championship game. So, no, he doesn't hate the Packers. Not at all. I Look, I, I think it, like many pieces that are written when they are based upon um, a certain criteria of fact and opinion, it is always something that I, first of all, I love discussion-wise. Secondly, if I can learn something from it, I appreciate it. I really do. Um, I... You know, I love the discussion. I've always said sports talk radio. Sports talk radio, it should be like adults in a bar talking sports. And you can argue your point. You can say, yeah, but you can point the fingers. You can listen to opinion. You can go back and forth. And then very much at the end of the day, everybody buys each other a beer. You clink your gas glasses. You swig down what's remaining. And you Uber home. It's that simple. That's what sports talk radio should be. <laughs> that should be. I did get the uh, the Diana Rossini uh, smack me in the ass with a grilled cheese sandwich commentary commentary today, Ben. Just an FYI, that did come across the feed a little bit earlier as well. Yeah, who would I be to play that drop? Co- correct. You, you, yeah, they that would never fly in Philadelphia. Are you gonna you're gonna take that one with you, aren't you? No, probably not. <laughs> Doesn't have the same significance. Oh, certainly it would. It would make this show a star on the East Coast. Oh, my God. Somebody actually said smack me in the ass with a grilled cheese sandwich. I got to listen over there. You could be the internal mole of the downfall of the whip I'll, as they uh, start to convert to Wisconsin. I was planning on taking this one, though. And my girl Potter's boyfriend hit her in the nose. I put him in jail. Just put him in jail or I was going to kill him. Uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's unbelievable. This is value of the position. Oh, 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 that's what Goody did here. Oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, my goodness. Mike probably cringes every time you play that. Uh, let's step away. We'll take a quick break. Hey, when we come back uh, after the top of the hour, we're going to talk some Brewers baseball and the grade for the Brewers uh, at this point in the season. So I do want to talk a little Brewers baseball before we get out of here today, for sure. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Sean and the gang, they do epoxy flooring. They did the bar, or excuse me, they did my uh, the gym in my house. And that's when I kind of show people around when people come over for the first time. I say, and this is the gym. And they go, wow, look at the floor. That's the first thing everybody says. Oh, I love the floor. It's it's awesome. I agree with you. It's 100% cool. They epoxied it. They put down the black, the white, the gray, the flakes. They threw them down everywhere. They vacuumed them up. They sealed them. And the floor is awesome. It's a great facility to work out in. And, and uh, it's bright. It's white. It's not a dingy basement. They did a fantastic job. They can do it for your garage floor as well. They can do it for any other hardwood or hard floor surface in your home. That's our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. They do painting as well. Don't forget, painting as well. So go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com from Green Bay to Milwaukee to Madison, everything in between, 262-443-2852, Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. A lot of stuff going on this weekend in in uh, in uh, Franklin, Franklin, Wisconsin. Lots to do with the uh, the complex down there. Uh, this Memorial Day weekend, you've got uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, you've got the Fargo Moorhead Red Hawks, uh, Red Hawks, and uh, Memorial Weekend Bash at uh, Franklin Field with the Milwaukee Milkmen. Tickets are unsaleable. They've got a, on sale now. They've got a donation drive going on. Items collecting to support the military and first responders and veterans and such. So that's going on down at Franklin Field. You've got the Lux, the Lux Golf Bays are up and cranking, and uh, you can go to luxeluxgolfbays.com to see all the information there. The Umbrella Bar has music, and the music's going to be playing. The weather's going to be great. So if you want to go to the Rock Complex and overlook all the baseball fields and softball fields and such, you can do that too. So much going on down in Franklin, and it's all centered around the Rock Sports Complex. So stop down and tell them we said hi, because you can go pretty much anywhere down there and have fun, whether it's just a date night, uh, you want to ride down there on the motorcycle, you want to go catch a baseball game, you want to do something with the family, watch the kids play ball, whatever. So much to do. <laughs> there you go. That was a little odd, wasn't it? Wow. Was that you? The stuff. No. Oh. Uh, it I just think fired. I, I think I know who it was. I will. Uh... It just fired. So, uh <laughs> Wow. Okay. That's all right. We're not at the top of the hour just yet. That's okay. Obviously, things starting to fall apart, and Ben's not even out the door yet. Ben, what's going on? Uh, coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk ben some Brewers. Kenny. Yes, we're going to call uh, on uh, our buddy Ben Kenny. We're going to talk some uh, baseball. Uh, Brewers, uh, they're kind of a ranking out right now and giving grades for the first portion of the season and how the Brewers are doing. We'll get into your calls and thoughts and all of this. Coming up uh, here in just a little bit, uh, but the Brewers' season grades coming up here just after the top of the hour because I think it's relevant. Um, Brewers getting ready to go into a, to a Memorial Day weekend, and you know where everything is right now in that sense. When you talk uh, Brewers baseball and the standings, and there's a discussion now about the stadium, but the Brewers still holding on two game lead, by the way, two game lead. And think about this, okay? And I had mentioned this a little while ago that uh, you know where the Cardinals were when they were like. Almost, they were at 1.11 games back. And I said it's so hard to climb when you're at the bottom of the division because you got to climb everybody. 
So there's always a team, if they continue to win along with you, that you still have to climb them, not to mention just the leader. So the, the Cardinals made a run. And, you know, granted, they're, what, out of their last 10, I think they won six of them. Um, but the Brewers, for playing some bad baseball and going through a tough stretch, they've won five of the last 10, only a game worse than the Cardinals. The Cardinals, while they climbed into third for a, a short period of time, have since spent a lot of energy coming back in that period of time and getting from 11 games back to now six games back, but they're still tied with Cincinnati for the bottom spot in the division. Now, granted, they're not 9 or 10 or 11 games back anymore, but the Brewers now have a two-game lead, a little bit of a breathable lead right now, and it's just tough when you dig yourself that kind of a hole. And now we're going into June. We're going into June, and that team is is six games back. So, you know, obviously the Brewers with San Francisco coming to town, uh, you got a, a big weekend series coming up, San Francisco tonight, down at the ball yard. 640 will be the first pitch uh, at American Family Field. Uh, a lot of discussion, a lot of talk, obviously, about the, the stadium. Uh, the commissioner is supposed to be on hand to talk a little bit more about that today, some of the things that specifically need to be fixed. And we all know, like, look, there will be things within that you don't see. Like back when, uh, because I was asked a little earlier, what are the problems with American Family Field? Well, they talk about some concrete needs, some thing, and it's just it's natural. You go through the winters here in Wisconsin; the building pretty much goes dormant. You're going to have some expansion and contraction, and that's going to cause some cracking and such. So there has to be some concrete and such that needs to be fixed. Obviously, over the period of time, you've got the wheels and the bogies and all that kind of stuff on the roof and the opening and the closing. Uh, those begin to wear out after 21 years, 22 years. So you know some things need to be replaced there. There's other things underneath, some pipes and things like that that need to be you know, upgraded, some things maybe within clubhouses or something to that effect, maybe some wiring, maybe some electronics, maybe some, because they've expanded so much. They've put that whole craft beer section down the right field line. They've filled in the left field line. You've got the, the restaurant to be named later, which is now the Barrel Yard. They've changed upstairs two or three times. It went from being the 300 Club to uh, a different club, and now it's a Top Golf. They've got the Northwestern Mutual section, you know, the the suites. There's certain things in the suites that probably need to be upgraded. So all of that stuff equals the amount of money that they're asking for, you know. And I, I think it's upwards of, was it four, six hundred million or I, whatever it is. You know, I don't know. Uh, but like 200 million of it was going to come out of the state's budget and then the rest of it was going to be paid for by the brewers. But nevertheless, so that's going to be something that's going to be discussed quite a bit here this you know, uh, in the next few weeks, certainly, as, uh, you know, the Brewers aren't necessarily going to threaten to leave, uh, nor should they, to be honest with you. Um, but you're going to hear a little bit of leveraging, I guess, is the best way to put it. So d- don't don't get too crazy. Don't get too up in arms. Um, we'll, we'll stay even keel. But you're going to hear some, uh, I don't want to say threats, but you're going to hear some leveraging going on. Well, they could opt out of the lease. And that if they did, then they could move. And, yeah, you know, stuff like that could happen. But the likelihood of it is going to be few and far between. Because this is a, a really good baseball state. There is a lot of support for the Milwaukee Brewers. A lot of support for the Brewers. So uh, I'm not concerned about it just yet. I think that it will all get done. And American Family Field will continue to be a showcase for baseball in the state of Wisconsin. So I'm not concerned about that. But we do want to talk about the Brewers here at this point in the season. A few grades to hand out. 
as to where they're at. I want to talk some Brewers baseball when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by good friends down there. It's Old World Third Street. If you're going to be heading out tonight, maybe going to the game or even after the game, even after the game or over the weekend, don't forget about Gino and the gang. San Giorgio, beautiful place. Great pizza. Tremendous pizza down there. Really good stuff. Or uh, you can always go next door to Calderon Club. Another great place to go. San Giorgio, Calderon Club. Great people. Even better place. Wonderful, wonderful food. Tell them we said hi. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 